Welcome to the Maria Heller Show, on the net since 2000 and still going strong. If you feel like you're not getting the real news, if you feel like you're not connected spiritually, you have found your home. Maria covers a wide range of topics as only a snarky New Yorker can. Straight up, no chaser. No censorship, no corporate sponsors, thus true freedom of speech. Your subscription gives you unlimited access as a member of the smartest audience on earth. Relax and enjoy the education. Now here's Maria. Good morning world, Maria here, alive and kick, and welcome to the show. Today's tragedy and hope. Hopefully we will we'll concentrate on the hope instead of the tragedy. With my excellent guest, Richard, Richard Grove, who is the fabulous historian, and as I often refer to him as, the smartest man I've ever met. So good morning, Rich. Good morning, Maria. And um, I, I, when you were talking to my wife and son this morning afterwards, I told Lucas, I said, people only know who daddy is because of Maria. And he said, why? I said, because I had sent out a message to a lot of people and Maria is the only one who listened to it. And then she published it and then people found out. So uh, thank you. It's been uh, 18 years, kiddo. That's uh, a long time. Long time. But <laughs> hey, I, remember, I remember listening to you talk with like Dave McGowan or... Jim Mars, and you'd be saying something like, this guest I've been interviewing for 18 years, and I'd think, oh my God, man, that's a long time. Right. But it really doesn't, it doesn't seem, I mean, it's a long, strange trip, but it's, you know, it hasn't been that long. It doesn't seem like 18 years. Listen, when I tell people I've been podcasting for 24 years, they go into shock. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, because most people didn't know podcasting until Rogan, you know, made it a thing. But right. lots of us were podcasting well before that just trying to educate people away from the official narrative. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, there's only, like my ex-husband used to say, there's only one Sony, the rest are all imitations. Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to be honest, like, people don't think it's like, well, what's the big deal? You guys have been doing this a long time. We've been doing this because the primary way that your freedom is taken is through you believing lies. And if we can do something to stand in between those lies and give you something else to, to compare it to, so you can actually get your choice back, that's, that's probably the best thing we can do with our lifetime here. Absolutely. You know, I've been thinking about you. I was thinking about some of our early interviews because I kind of forget some stuff from 9-11 because it was so long ago. Uh, but... I remembered, and I, I mentioned it on the show the, uh, I don't know, a few, few weeks ago, but I couldn't remember the name of the software uh, that you were talking about when I brought up that before the supposed attack on Israel, which I know they had full knowledge of, uh, there were a lot of trades on the stock market in Israel. So a lot of people made money on that attack before it happened. Same as 9-11. Yeah, it was their 9-11. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, yeah, so uh, the, the soft, there was a bunch of different software. So Promise Software, there was a bunch of uh, spy software that was being used, you know, this was 20 years ago, and there were insider trades on the companies affected in the World Trade Centers as well as the airlines that hit those companies. And it was amazing prescience on the part of the investors that they knew Exactly, like United Airlines, American Airlines, Marshall McLennan, and these other companies that were involved. You know, they, they did the trading probably two weeks before the event. Same thing goes with Israel and uh, the, the October 7th attacks. 
those attacks, they were warned for a year before. Wow. It was called Operation Jericho Wall. There was a name for it, and, you know, so... Uh, many, many, many parallels and similarities to the American 9-11 to, uh, to the Israeli 10-7. Well, at least in the United States, they only killed a little over 2,000 of their own citizens. But when you look at Israel, they're up to 26,000 dead Palestinians so far. And they truly do want to push them right out of the country. So it just looks Which like Which is amazing they, because they took over those parts to make it part of their country, I think, in 1973. I thought that's what the Yom Kippur War was, where they they took, uh, or maybe it was 67, maybe it was the Six Days War when they got Gaza and the West Bank. But, like, the West Bank was part of Jordan. Gaza was part of Egypt. And Israel invaded, colonized, and, like, drew their borders wider, making those people. Like, one day you're living in Jordan, and the next day now you're in occupied Israel. Right. Right. Well, what do you think about the fact that uh, so many people in the United States are against Biden's uh, Biden's participation and policy defending Israel? Well, let's let's unfold a bigger picture for your audience. Okay. Because I think the meta understanding of the situation really helps in achieving the truth and peace of it. But as long as you have misunderstandings, you're going to have plenty of conflict. So to the first part, it's it's one world under blackmail. And, you know, Whitney Webb wrote the two-volume set, One Nation Under Blackmail, but it's a multi-nation type of thing that's going on. So our leaders, the people that you see as representatives in the United States government, they're, you know, they're deep captured and have been for a long time. All right, this goes all the way back to when the Kennedys were killed and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and all those assassinations of the 1960s. But the, the history of Israel goes back, let's go, I mean, I did a presentation this past weekend called The Underground History of America, and if anyone wants to see the replay, um, you can go to grandtheftworld.com, and in the top banner that rotates, there's a white posting that says, uh, it's got two kids on it, it says Underground History of America. If you click that, you can get the replay. But in there, I showed evidence, and some of the evidence I didn't show was the theme of taking over Palestine starts in the early 1800s. Like, in America, we have newspaper reports from 1829, 1835, about the Rothschild banking family seeking to deal with the Turkish sultan for Palestine. And that doesn't really go anywhere for another 50 years, but by 1880, they do start colonizing Palestine. And so you've got French Rothschilds that start the colonization in 1882. And there's uh, a good book called uh, Rothschilds and Early Jewish Colonization of Palestine by Hebrew University's Rand Aronson. So you can read all about it. Or 1978, Diamond Shama wrote a book, Two Rothschilds and the State of Israel. And the two Rothschilds are the French Baron, James de Rothschild, and Edmund de Rothschild. So there's a French family. And then the British Rothschilds are the addressees of the Balfour Declaration. So between the British and the French, Sykes and Pico, they're dividing up the Middle East. And this is not unlike what they did to create apartheid South Africa under Cecil Rhodes in the first place. And as you know, Israel and South Africa have had a long time super relationship, nuclear secret sharing, because Israel supported the apartheid. And they were very much 
in tune. Time Weitzman, Theodor Herzl, also admired Cecil Rhodes in his plans mm -hmm. for colonization. So when people are talking about Israel has the right to defend itself, that's not exactly accurate to the situation because they're the colonizers. Now someone might get all upset and say, what's your evidence of that? I would say, quote, if I were an Arab leader, I would never sign an agreement with Israel. It is normal. We have taken their country. It is true. God promised it to us. But how could it interest them? Our God is not theirs. There has been anti-Semitism, the Nazis, Hitler, Auschwitz. But was it their fault? They see but one thing. We have come and stolen their country. Why would they accept that? End quote. David Ben-Gurion, the first Israeli prime minister, and I got 20 of these quotes. So for anyone who thinks that even the founders of Israel did not see what was going on, they knew. They were stealing the land. of Like, first off, the British gave away land that did not belong to the British in the first place. Hmm. So behind the, the Zionist endeavors to go take Palestine, the British were right there providing military support and let's do a mandate and set it up and then you guys can terrorize us and take it off us by blowing up the King David Hotel. You'll get your, your state. Hmm. This is how it works. Mandela also had to use terrorism and murder to get his free state of South Africa, right? Mm. So to put off the British Empire, you kind of have to act like the British Empire to get away from it. You got to do like some, some mischief. So I got pages and pages of Ben-Gurion and the early founders talking about the Nakba and how they're going to dispossess these people of everything. Uh, here's a quote. We must do everything to ensure that they, the Palestinians never return. David Ben-Gurion in his diary. Right? I've got letters to his sons where he talks about this. So first off, a banking conglomerate got together to create their own nation state according to the evidence. Right? That's not my opinion. I don't want to believe these things. I'm telling you what they say in their own words because that's my job. Right. And when you understand what's actually going on, now you see genocide and ethnic cleansing. 25,000 people, mostly women and children, being starved out, being killed outright, right? Two million people dispossessed and are never going back because they're wiping the slate clean. They're plowing up cemeteries. CNN filmed them plowing up like 16 cemeteries. Yep. So. Yep, no, with no respect or regard for them. But, you know, you got to say that the United States did the same exact thing to the Native Americans here. This is true. There was a Manifest Destiny campaign conducted. But was that an American objective, or is that part of British expansion that uh, remained with the Anglo-American establishment? You still had all those Eastern families, the opium families, and they're the ones who were put, they pushed the railroads, right? The Skull and Bones Harriman family built the railroads, mm -hmm. right? I work for Mr. E.H. Harriman. Isn't that in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? Right. But for Mr. E.H. Harriman, right? Mm -hmm. That's the first train they're blowing up, I'm pretty sure. So the Eastern Establishment, secret societies, they're the ones that push for westward expansion. They're the ones who brought the Chinese in on opium to dig all those nice tunnels through the Rocky Mountains and to lay all that railroad, right? These were not American ideals or objectives of the colonists on the East Coast, right? So while we, the people, have endured 
there has been uh, a, an international element made up of what is today many nation states, right? I would even cl- include NATO in it. NATO is its, its own military for this endeavor. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see people like Rhodes Scholar, General Wesley Clark, in charge of such things. And then he came out later and said, they've got this plan to take over all these countries. All these coups around the world, all these bases, these were never American objectives. This is what happened when we started getting back into bed with Britain, when Britain was crumbling under its own weight of empire, mm-hmm. needed to, to re-harness the energy, the people of America. Now, another thing that we discovered this past weekend in that, that uh, lecture I gave, it was about probably four hours, um, is in recalling how many Americans have died in World War One and World War Two, and then to discover that we were tricked into both of those wars. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a quote to the audience. I mean, I prepared the, the slide. You know, I captured this piece of evidence years ago. But during the presentation, I was reading it, and I was like, oh, my God. And I had to stop, and I had to say, look, what I'm reading comes from Rothschild.org. This is the official family website. This is their archive. This is their quote. This is how they describe it. And what they said, I'm going to paraphrase now, but I provided the evidence in the presentation, was that the Zionists helped the British get America into World War I so that they could get their nation state. That's what the Balfour Declaration is. It's a type of receipt for a transaction. Okay, mm-hmm. And that transaction had to do with using the Zionists to get America into the war. Again, that's not my opinion. That's not my claim. I was reading from an archive of the English Rothschild family on their official site to the audience. When it, when it's like, when it hit me that they are admitting full stop, America had no role in World War I. Britain was losing and they cut a deal with the Zionists and, and the Zionists brought America. Here, we can do this. We can put America on your team and win the war. Because a third of America at that point was German heritage. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of propaganda and babies on bayonets and that's no different than 40 beheaded babies and Hamas systematically raping. All these claims have been found to be without merit, and yet they were used to fuel and provide cover for the present genocide and ethnic cleansing. Right. And, of course, the demonization of them, the name-calling of them, uh, you know, talking about them like animals, or, you know, as Trump refers to all of us as vermin. Uh, this is the language they use to get people to hate the other side. Uh, now, I got another quick Ben Garrion quote right. for you. Oh, okay. so we, must, we must expel the Arabs and take their places. And if we have to use force, not to dispossess the Arabs of the Negev and Transjordan, but to guarantee our own right to settle in those places, then we have force at our disposal. End quote. Special. Right, so if, if you think that watching the news gives you an accurate explanation of what's going on or a position, it only leads to more genocide and ethnic cleansing, which I think is the point of what you and I do. We speak truth even though it's inconvenient to the narrative and probably to our own pocketbooks. And we do that to give other people their right back so they can live a life of freedom and liberty. Absolutely. So I just want to ask you for my audience, in case they missed it first time around, the Underground History of America, what website will they find that on? Well, grandtheftworld.com is the website for my podcast. And currently, that's my most working website. So that's okay. where we put current offers. Okay. And when you go to the page, there's a banner at the top. And uh, it's got two kids on the left with an American flag. 
and it says the Underground History of America. If you click that banner, it goes to the page, which is at the universityofreason.com forward slash T-U-H-O-A. Okay, great. Uh, so let me ask you this. We have a self-admitted Christian Zionist president, um, which a lot of people still don't want to wrap their head around, even though the video's still there, where he actually admits to it. Is this a proxy war? And is the Ukraine a proxy war? Well, Ukraine was definitely a proxy war. And what I mean by that is Ukraine uh, is used as a prophylactic for the Anglo-American establishment to F with Russia. And so by putting NATO powers inside Ukraine and America and Britain inside Ukraine providing weapons, they can use the innocent people of Ukraine as the very tip of the spear to poke on Russia that used to be a really good ally of the United States. They saved us during the, the Civil War from losing to the Confederacy because the British were about to come in on the side of the Confederacy because they supported the slavery and needed the cotton. And the Tsar of Russia put his, his fleet off the west coast and east coast of America and said if Britain gets in, they're going to come in on the side of the north. And that kept Britain out of the Civil War toward the end. So really in situations where we should be probably friendly with Russia, it is the Anglo-American establishment who created the communism in the first place that took over Russia to drive a wedge between two big countries that weren't really into building empires. Yep. So we've always been we've always been the bad guy posing as the good guy, uh, and I often remind people of that, you know, because Americans still have this dreamlike idea that all the foreign aid we give to these other countries are, you know, for life's necessities like food and clothing and whatnot. Yeah. When it's all going for uh, the war, you know, the killing, that's our number one export. Uh, and even Bobby Kennedy, in one of the, the latest things that he said, where he really tears apart the Ukraine war in a very intelligent way. And he said that the only people benefiting from it is the military-industrial complex. Yes. Yeah. And uh, as far as uh, what's going on in Israel being proxy war, I mean, the United States has wanted to go at Iran for a long time. Uh, we've been bombing in Yemen for a long time. Mm -hmm. Now the Houthis are starting to attack ships over there, and they're sticking up for the Palestinians. And, um, you know, there's, there's always World War III to be had. These people are losing control. People are stopping the belief in narrative. They've got two options. They can wind up a little World War III, or they can have Disease X come out with, you know, whatever the Chinese coronavirus mousepox they're, they're cooking up this week. Right. And I, even though I haven't really covered Disease X on my show, I just refer to it as, you know, maybe COVID-19 was just practice. Who knows what's coming well, they, down the line. A couple of weeks ago, the rep a report came out from China that another lab, not Wuhan, but another lab, had created a new coronavirus with human binding re receptivities because they put they humanize these mice. They put human ACE2 receptors in the mice, and in this new experiment, they have a coronavirus with a 100% kill rate, and it kills from the brain. So it attacks the brain, and it kills like in eight days. Right. So that sounds really scary. And it's being brought to you by the people who just got done bringing you the last pandemic, right? 
On the flip side, because I'm an optimist, I don't like the black pill, right? So I'm the white pill person. Mm-hmm. I think like this, huh? I wonder what kind of supplements they gave those mice during that. They don't, right? They're just trying to kill the mice. So the same thing as last time. They have this, you know, whatever bioweapon they cooked up, but it can be undermined by antiparasitics like ivermectin or uh, quercetin and zinc and these sort of things to prevent ACE2 receptor binding. Right. So even though they're malicious, they're trying to destroy freedom because they don't understand freedom because if they understood freedom, they might be able to destroy it, but then they wouldn't want to. So they're, they're, the fact that they're ignorant, they don't like freedom, but they don't understand it means they don't have the capacity to really destroy it. They have to have us destroy our own freedom. And we do that by being in fear. And you can only be in fear when you're uneducated, unexperienced on these topics. So really, knowledge is now our super protection, like uh, our shield system. The more knowledge we can bring in in these situations, the less fear can reside between our ears, the less assumptions we're forced to make, and it, it, it changes the paradigm in a way that they can't put it back together again. It's like Humpty Dumpty for them. Well, you know, you look at the facts... The facts and figures on, uh, excuse me, on vaccines, you know, very few people, I think it's 3% that have actually gone for the booster shot, uh, a lot of people skipping the flu shot, and because the CDC later on, of course, admitted that, you know, the shots would have given you, you know, heart problems, whatever, they knew that and didn't let people know. Uh, the trust in science and the CDC in America is gone. So in a way, it backfired on them. But that's why they have this new WHO pandemic treaty that they're trying to push through by May, and that kind of makes any uh, health emergency into something where we lose our rights, allegedly. Mm -hmm. That's what they're asking us to believe, right? Right. They're going to say, well, there's this treaty, and now you got to do this thing. And what they haven't calculated on is, unless you disarm Americans before you do that thing, it's not going to go as you planned. Exactly. Exactly. Free people are hard to suppress. That's Mm -hmm. why they're free people, okay? So you can't come with Tedros, a a friggin' gangster from Ethiopia, who helped to kill his own people, which qualified him to work with Bill Gates and, and the Clinton Foundation to get involved with the who in the first place, right? That guy is not looking out for your best interests. He was part of a terrorist cell in his country. That's what qualifies him to be in charge of the WHO at the time when they're trying to do this pandemic gangsterism. Well, there's a lot of people speaking out against the United States' participation in that. And I hate to say it, most of them are Republicans in office. Uh, So, you know, good and bad on both sides, I assume. But I did want to ask you as a historian, what do you think about Florida comes to mind first and foremost about them banning books and rewriting history, saying, you know, that slaves learn trades by being a slave. They had it pretty good, that type of stuff. What do you think about them rewriting history? Uh, You know, trying to rewrite history depends on the audience being ignorant or willingly ignorant enough to believe the revisions that lack evidence, right? So the, the thing should be evidence exists Let's learn about the things that exist. What they do is they make claims of things that don't exist, and no one's smart enough to say, well, where's the evidence of this? It should start with evidence. Mm-hmm. How about we verify, then trust? How about that? 
Can we try that? The only reason we don't work like that now is because we've been through a Prussian schooling system, which is the opposite of education. It is meant for indoctrination so that people think they know the answer without having asked the questions or done any research in the first place. Mm-hmm. Take any major topic, COVID, Israel, all these things. People have opinions they're willing to go and die for, but they've never read a book, let alone 10 or 30 or 50 books on right. these topics. That, you know what I'm saying? They haven't gone out and said, what is known about this already, and where can I start building my knowledge from in an original form? They just think because the TV told them or some authoritative person told them that that's how it is. And I don't ask people to believe me. I ask them to be incredulous enough to go look it up. And that's where their learning begins. Oh, without question of a doubt. Uh, You know, I'm looking around. uh, By the way, I do want to say something that was almost shocking to me. Uh, I'm sure maybe you're you're part of it. Maybe you never even heard of it. But there's a website called nextdoor.com. And what it is is a a website for different neighborhoods, different cities, towns, where people are supposed to be helping people, get to know your neighbors, you know, oh, I have this for sale, or my dog is lost, or stuff like that, okay? Uh, In my town, we have a lot of Trump uh, Trump acolytes, minions, uh, a lot of racists, uh, a lot of uh, jealous people that don't like the new people moving into town from California. So I usually end up getting into arguments with people there to the point where I don't even want to go to that site. However, okay, how many decades have we been talking, you and I, and God knows how many more from Jerry Smith on, about geoengineering and chemtrails? Yeah. A long, long time. Well, one lady decides she's going to put this one sentence up I miss our blue skies in Payson. What can we do about what what's going on in the sky? I was shocked to see how many people finally are recognizing chemtrails and that we don't have blue skies. Uh, so I did put in, you know, with the few that are still arguing and saying it's a conspiracy. I did put in, you know, go to the U.S. Patent Office. I did put in everybody should watch the movie What in the World Are They Spring, which one guy already watched from when I posted yesterday, thanked me for it. Uh, so to myself, I said, wow, and it only took 25 years to get people to recognize chemtrails. Yeah, well, it's only been going on since, well... The earliest, like, I have 1946 Smithsonian Institution. Like, they have a lot of good records on the research that they did back then mm-hmm. on airplane contrails and cloud seeding and ecological effect of weather modification, uh, weather control as a Cold War weapon, weather modification in the Soviet Union, 1946 to 1966. There's a whole bunch of these things. So if you don't know the history and what the, the military-industrial complex was trying to do, right. then you don't see what they are doing. Exactly, whether as a weapon. So let me ask you this, because all I did was make a casual remark that I don't find anything normal about this winter weather hitting the United States, and I got super attacked online. But to me, I doubt everything these days, because nothing is what it seems. I mean, I've been alive for three-quarters of a century, Never have I seen the entire country under assault by the weather like this winter. 
So of course, the funny thing is, I'm supposed to be having winter over here in Connecticut, and we've got barely any winter here. It's been like 60 degrees and stuff. So yes, there's there's modifications in plan. Well, I mean, look at San Diego. Okay, they tell us it's a thousand year rain. Okay, San Diego hasn't seen anything like this ever. Okay, I think about San Diego the same way I think about Lahaina. It's valuable land that the government wants or the super rich wants. Lahaina to me was not a natural fire, okay? I don't think it was any more natural than the Twin Towers coming down in New York. It was probably hit by the same kind of exotic weaponry. Uh, and the more you study what went on there, the more sense it makes. Remember, a, what is it, a year later, we still have 6,000 uh, Americans that are homeless from that fire in Lahaina. Uh, you look at San Diego, okay, and I mean the flooding there, I don't know if you've been watching the videos, I've never seen anything like it, Richard. And the flood was so fast and furious that here it is just a few days later, and you can actually see pictures of mushrooms growing on the side of the houses that look like, you know, they're big enough to eat already. Uh, and everything covered with black mold. The windows, I mean, everything. Those people have no insurance, just like Lahaina. So what's going to happen there? Who's going to go in? Is it going to be Oprah? Is it going to be Zuckerberg? Who's going to go in there? Bill Gates? Uh, you know, Elon Musk? Who's going to go in there and steal as much of San Diego as they possibly can? So is it the next... Uh 15-minute city location, the new San Diego, new maybe, San Diego. That, maybe, another prison, another imprisonment, a 15-minute uh, imprisonment, which takes us to a topic that I wanted to also get to you because I have new listeners that would like to know more about it, uh, and that's Agenda 2030. So what I want to do is take a short break, and we'll come back with that. So stay with us. Rich and I will be right back. Hi, this is Maria. I don't often get to talk directly to the listeners here on the Gary Knoll Network, but I felt like doing that today. I know a lot of you really enjoy my show, but you might not know that I do four shows a week over at my website, maria.net. So if you're loving the show you get to hear on Sunday, come on over to my site and subscribe because I've got hundreds of hours of great shows on pretty much every topic in the universe. Uh, and that, again, is maria.net, M-E-R-I-A.net. And now we can get back to this excellent show. Thanks. Okay, I'm back. I'm back with Richard Grove. If you're not familiar with Richard's work, I have lots of links here to it. Uh, one of my favorite sites, of course, tragedyandhope.com, where it all began. Um, Rich, when you sent me originally Project Constellation, it was loaded with information. Loaded. I mean, I don't even remember how many tapes it was. Remember tapes? <laughs> I remember how many tapes it was. Uh, and we look at that, and, you know, you, I, I often used to think that the biggest story to ever cover would be the stolen election of 2000. Then, of course, 9-11 happened, and, it's, you know, the news doesn't stop. I'm looking across, and I, I watch this constantly on YouTube every night. I watch how many Americans are losing their home, how many veterans are losing their homes, 
how many seniors are being put out in the street. Even a 90-year-old lady kicked out of her, like, senior living place because they doubled the rent. Uh, how many people are being pushed out of their homes through these unnatural, what they want us to believe natural events, because I'm thinking, okay, going to be a lot of homeless in San Diego, more than they already had. Uh, I look at how they're trying to sell everybody on the idea of living in a container, shipping container, of, uh, you know, changing around your car or your van to make it your home, your living space. Uh, I saw some encampments that they've created in uh, California for the homeless, which are just a bunch of tents all fenced in, where people are living now in tents. And all I can think of is Agenda 2030. Well, we're at that point. I mean, when they started this back, let's see, the earliest evidence is in the 1970s and 80s. And there was a fella involved with creating the Agenda 21 uh, movement, and his name was Edmund de Rothschild, and he had a, a second, he had an underling, a Renfield, called Maurice Strong, and they worked with the UN's uh, leader. Her name was Gro Harlem Brundtland, and they created Agenda 21. And that's the point where, like, we're caught in the Anglo-American spider web, and they start rolling us up. And now we're at the point with 2030 that the spider's sinking its fangs in, and you see the necrosis across America, the homelessness, the joblessness, the demoralization, right? It's almost as if our country was taken over by an international cartel that wanted to ruin all of our immune system, everything that makes us strong, everything that makes us resilient, everything that makes us optimistic, and they're trying to put us down and people are anesthetized and they won't fight back. And if you go into nature as a homeless person, any animal out there will fight for its life. So it's only through words and lies that they can turn off our immune system to this tyranny. Right. But, you know, I look at it and it's frightening. It's downright frightening to me. Um, and, and a lot of Americans, you know, I don't know what it's like in your town, Rich. But in my town, we can't get workers here because they can't afford to live here. Well, in my town, you can't get workers because people, I guess, they get free money or something because everywhere I go is is hiring. I go to get my car fixed, they're hiring mechanics. They've been hiring a mechanic for like two years. It's a good shop, too. They pay top dollar. They just can't find people that actually want to do work anymore. And that is another indication that our will as Americans has been poisoned and that we need to, to inoculate ourselves with some knowledge, understanding, and experience to get away from the fear. First of all, people fear being homeless. What is being homeless? Not knowing how to camp. Not having to, anything to protect yourself from the, the elements, to get water, to get fire, these sort of things. So if we learn some more self-reliance strategies, just like, hey, hey, family, let's go camping. Let's learn how to not be fearful of if we lost our house, we don't have to go to a shelter. We don't have to go wait in line at a UN camp. Because I watch the Palestinians, you know what they want in those camps? Food, water, heat, blankets, all the stuff that you would need if you just learned how to go camping, right? If you don't have that, you got to go to the UN or, you know, government shelter and ask for these things. Now, I'm not saying it's practical for Palestinians to learn how to camp. I'm not saying that at all. They're bombing everything over there. It's ethnic cleansing. But for Americans to have these fears... And to not have this self-confidence to say, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing even if I lose my job. Even if my family loses their house, we will survive 
because we have these core understandings of self-reliance, of autonomy, that we can make it through anything. Right. We can communicate, we can learn, we can overcome challenges. This is what our ancestors did to put us in this fortunate situation that we have pissed away by playing video games and watching Netflix binging and stuff like that instead of actually learning what we need to do to be free people and survive. Right. Well, I've recommended for years that everybody, no matter where they live, needs to get a book on the topography, the agriculture, everything in the area that they live in. Okay, you know, here in Arizona, you know, there's so many plants that are edible, but most people don't know that. There are ways to get water out of even cactus that most people don't know. Um, and, you know, as, as one Native American teacher once said to me, the earth is serving a six-course meal every day and people are starving because they don't know how to see it. So wherever you're living, you know, find out, you know, what's growing around you. You know, is that a weed or is that something you can eat? You know, learn how to hey. make a fire. You know what I mean? It's not that hard. Uh, yeah, teach yourself and teach your children how to do these things. You know, it's funny that you mention that because I'm going to do a shout-out to Sun Bear. I was learning about medicine wheels last night. I think it was ancient aliens or something that was on. I was like, no way, they're talking about medicine wheels. <laughs> and so uh, that's a little interesting synchronicity you just brought there. But the point about like people just knowing how to do this stuff, it's not that hard. Like yeah. You just need to know like what you have to do to water before you can drink it. Exactly. Right? You should probably boil it, filter it, strain it. There's a couple different things. Like If you're going to filter it, you want to strain it first so your filter doesn't get clogged. If you're going to boil it, you should boil it at least till it comes to a boil, and if you can, boil it for a couple minutes because then that really kills whatever's in there, right? And knowing these things, they're life skills. You don't, you don't forget it for the rest of your life after you've learned how to do it for yourself. Absolutely. I mean, you know, my, both my granddaughters are in their 20s. They go camping all the time. I mean, they love camping. You know, camping's not exactly my thing. Uh, but I will tell you this, when I had some property in the middle of nowhere, uh, north of where I live, and I had the, a little single-wide trailer on it, I learned how to build a fire, how to dig a fire pit, how to collect wood. You know, I learned when I, what I needed to do. And I remember when my sister was visiting, she, she was watching me get all these preparations done, and she was like, when did you become Yukon woman? And I said, I found it very pleasurable, to tell you the truth. Uh, and it became like a natural thing. I mean, if you wanted heat, that's what you had to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm not telling everybody to get nervous or scared, but at least be prepared to be able to take care of yourself. Because if you're going to wait for this government to take care of you, they'll kill us all. And I've said that for decades. Look, an easy exercise to take away the fear is to just go big. Don't go so big that there's no survival. But go, go big enough that it's a, it's a serious black swan event, okay? My example would be, 1859, the sun shot off this uh, boom of energy, and it was realized here that it's called the Carrington Effect, and it's this solar storm that, uh, that burned down a lot of things, right? And so, all, so imagine, you're at home, this thing happens, everyone's houses catch fire at the same time, there's no police department, there's no fire department coming to help anybody. Everybody's homeless at the same time because we all have copper wire running all throughout our house and that type of, uh, of uh, solar corona 
excites all that copper, and it, you know we got petroleum on our our siding. We have petroleum roofs. The the houses are made out of wood. Everybody's everything goes bye bye. But people can get out safely. So now you got a bunch of people out. And if you don't have the wherewithal to make shelter and figure out your situation, you're going to end up wherever there's a camp where they're handing out the slop, right? right? They got a thousand cots in a room, and you're in there with criminals, with your family, right? right. So now, okay, the Carrington event happens, grab your camping equipment, we're outside. Okay, now we're camping. Now we just, you know, wait it out. Wait for all the chaos and stuff to subside, and you're camping. It's involuntary camping, it's inconvenient camping, but you now know how to survive one of the worst events, and now, you know, you arrange different resources for different types of events. Now you start thinking proactively because that's how humans have had to survive. We don't have fangs and fur and claws. We have to use our brains to see what's going on and plan for our survival. They have turned that aspect off by putting people, millions and hundreds of millions, through the schooling system that teaches you that you know things that you never had to ask or get experience about. Mm-hmm. Right. And when, when you look at the school system, they don't even prepare our young people to live in a regular house. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to clean. They don't know how to uh, invest. They don't know anything about money. Uh, That's a good point. Now, what happens there? So they've groomed us into a gener like my parents, super responsible generation. Right? They pay their bills, all this stuff. They're not getting kicked out. They're not homeless. Now what have, what have they done? They've dumbed us down so far that the average individual can't even figure out how to keep themselves afloat. So if they do that across a whole nation, that makes it impossible for this nation to stay in business. Right. It puts us into bankruptcy. We already have a $30 trillion debt that we're never going to pay back to the bankers who took us over in 1913. This has been the plan all along. This is how, like, this is how strong America was because they had to do all these things to crush it, right? Mm-hmm. They say if the, if the situation was hopeless, they wouldn't need all this propaganda. The same thing. If there wasn't strength in the American character of individuals, now I'm not talking about the government, I'm not talking about their genocides and stuff like that. I'm talking about the people who till the fields and repair, repair the fences and feed the cattle and reap the grain so that we can all live in our communities, mm-hmm. right? right? They took that ability away from us on purpose. And we should do something about it and not just turn the channel. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at what their goal is, you know, with the Agenda 2030, the smart cities, uh, I think Elon Musk today admitted that the first Neuralink brain transplant into a human has happened. Uh, You know, we haven't even touched on the robots and AI. Uh, I watch a lot on YouTube of these robots, especially Japan's robots, and I don't know anybody can sit back and be quiet about it and say this is a good thing. Well, the United Nations had its first killer robot conference in 2013, so this has been on the radar. I've always said the, the elite's goal is to use technocracy to separate them from us so that they can have proxies of algorithms, robots, and drones to deal with any pesky humans who are trying to espouse freedom. They want tyranny and despotism forever. I think their plan sucks. I don't think they're that that noble that we should just let them go do this thing at the sacrifice of our lives. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I might be young, but I'm not, I'm not ignorant to what they're doing. All right. Well, you know, and I tell people, you know, you can go to the UN's website and read Agenda 2030. I'm assuming it's still there. 
and, and you know, it's not like they don't tell us their plans in advance. I mean, you talk about things going back to the 1800s. You know, I think about Albert Pike. I think about, you know, the Freemasons, uh, Skull and Bones, you know, all these evil groups uh, that have had these plans in place for a long time. You know, you mentioned Wesley Clark earlier in the show. And I remember when he came out during the Bush administration with the list of seven countries that we wanted to, to hit. And the only one I think we didn't hit yet, but it sure looks like we're going to, was Iran. Is Iran, yeah. And, you know, who has Iran really bothered in the past 300 years? Uh, and uh, I mean, so, like, let's, let's, let's zoom out for a second and look at that for realistic purposes. The entire Middle East, as we know it, is not an American project, but it has, for 200, 300 years, been a British Empire project. The British Empire, uh, they were in Iraq, like they made up the country Iraq after Versailles, mm -hmm. right? So, they, made, so they, they took the Middle East, they rearranged the whole thing. The British have been in Afghanistan and Iraq because of the opium since the 1700s. We became the property managers for their project, and we sacrificed American lives over there to guard the opium that is still being used to underpin the, the global military markets. Mm-hmm. I mean, the more you learn, the deeper, the deeper it gets. You need wading boots. Uh, so let's, let's shift a little bit more. As usual, I just feel like we've been in a constant election cycle for the past 20 years. It never ends. It's like, you know, the four years, the two years, the locals, the this, the that. And then after all the elections, nothing gets done anyway because everybody starts re-campaigning. Uh, when you look at uh, this coming election, which most Americans, most Americans do not want a rematch of Biden and Trump, what what's your feeling on this election? Well, if you want to call it an election, yeah, I mean, I I, I gave up on voting for president in two thousand four, and uh, I don't really think our vote has much to do with the outcome anyway. Mm -hmm. And regardless of who gets in, I mean, let's say that Trump gets in, so he's a super supporter of Israel without question, right? He's got all the MAGA Christian Zionists. Right? But at the same time, it is accused that all the right-wing Trump supporters are anti-Semitic. I don't get how they can be two things, right? Because it is the Christian Zionists that make up MAGA and all the Israel support that Trump gives. But at the same time, they're claimed to be anti-Semitic. So I don't, I don't even understand some of the oxymoronic labeling that goes on with these groups by each other. And I try to really save my brain power for things that actually matter. All right. Uh, well, keyword key there is I, moronic. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I try to apply my stoicism. Like, right. I, I don't have control over that situation. I don't have input on it, so I'm not going to spend too many brain cycles pondering what they're doing. I'm going to live my life. Right. Well, that's a good thing. So, okay, another issue we're having in this country is young people, okay? Yeah. Young people don't want to have children because they see the future. They're worried about the environment. Kids younger than those able to reproduce are suffering with anxiety and stress. 
uh, which never existed in children when I was little, okay? I don't remember that ever, but the majority of kids today are all messed up uh, thanks to, you know, the, the COVID scare, the lockdowns, the, the yeah. no sociability, the lies of the six feet distance, don't touch anybody, um, the, the bullshit of wearing a mask as if that was going to do anything. Be afraid. Right, be afraid, be very afraid. Uh, but the bottom line is, a lot myself and a lot of my friends, none of us have had the shots. Okay, not a be, one of us. Yeah. Uh, one of my doctors said that a lot of her patients that did have the shots are now having like these instant cancers that have just appeared or heart trouble that they never had before. Yeah. So she's kind of clocking it to see. You know, she she also thinks that a lot of uh, a lot of it is caused by shedding, you know, where even if you didn't get the shot, you might catch it from somebody who did get the shot. Um my sense is that we're going to see a lot more people die. We have now sudden adult death syndrome, which I never heard of in my whole life. Okay. I knew about, you know, sad for the babies. Uh, but you've got young, strong football players, you know, uh, athletes in the middle of a game walking down the street. Boom, they just drop dead. Uh, and, of course, science is trying to figure out whatever could it be. And I'm like, okay, this only started after COVID. How how stupid do you have to be to not connect it to the shot? I mean, I can address the let's let's address the audience of young people that did not participate in the gene therapy experiment unwittingly. Because mm -hmm. the ones who did, I don't know how to address that shortly, like succinctly. But for the kids who were around people who said, you know what, it might, be, might not be the best thing for us to compromise our immune system and we can survive without this. That has brought on a lot of stress and challenges. They're, they feel alienated from the kids who did get the shot, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you didn't get the shot, you're killing people. Like they have that mentality. Right. So kids today are under a unique amount of stress that has never been, never been put on kids in a way, like it's, it's cruel and unusual, mm -hmm. right? No, I agree. Human history has had to deal with like natural disasters and things like that, plagues, but this isn't artificially created on like on the record, mm. taxpayer funded created pandemic. Right. right. So what we need to be able to do is to look at the situation and not any place where we're getting fear, right? Where we're in fear, to learn how to question that fear. Where's it coming from? Right. And what do I need to do? to put some knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and experience in between me and that fear. Otherwise, we're not going to, you know, right. we're going to be crushed by the weight. So there's a lot of hope, and the hope comes from that, you know, that step of independence, doing something against the grain, mm. right? The narrative is everyone has to get this and the booster and mask up and social distance, and that just creates more and more fear. And I'm going to quote the great 20th century poet, Bob Dylan, because they they hurled the worst fear that could ever be hurled, the fear to bring children into this world, right? Dylan wrote that back in the 60s. If you don't think that's more and more and more and more true today by like uh, like orders of magnitude, then you're missing out on what they're doing to people. Oh, absolutely. And so the answer is, that's what they want you to do. They want you to be so scared that you won't have kids, you won't have a family. And for a long time, like, you know, it 
we probably spent 10 years in fear thinking we we're in a bad position to become parents and we can't do this and look at all this stuff going on and how would it be responsible? No, it's irresponsible not to become a parent in our situation. And so I want to give encouragement to young people that it is doing exactly what they don't want you to do. What they're trying to scare you out of doing, like learning for yourself, thinking for yourself, they, they're trying to scare people out of thinking for themselves, doing their own research, mm-hmm. right? Oh, only conspiracy theorists do their own research. No, only ignorant people believe statements like that. How about that? Exactly. I'll, well, you know, these kids need to have other kids that are like them. Yes. And they need that camaraderie. And I'll tell you why. Because I went through that as a child. Okay? Even though, you know, it wasn't COVID-related. Uh, but because I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, I was the only one that couldn't salute the flag in school. And I don't need to tell you the torture other kids put me through. Okay. Uh, all right, call me. Commun- in hindsight, look how smart you were. Right, call me no? communist. No? You know, threw their pencils, books at me, whatever. And you know what? Now, all these years later, I'm so glad I never saluted the flag. That was one. Uh, the other one was my father refused to have any of us vaccinated with the polio shot. So we got big shit for that, too. Uh, and then, worse of all worse, my grandmother had committed suicide, so we were whispered about and treated like pariahs in the neighborhood for years, okay? The, the whispers behind your backs, you know, the nasty words, you know, the crazies, the this, the that. Luckily, I had the camaraderie of my sisters, and we gave each other strength to get through those things because we were singled out. And I mean, I could, the list goes on. Believe me, those are just the three top ones. Uh, but the camaraderie, even if it's just one or two other kids like you, you've got to find them and you've got to hold tight because the rest of the world is going to be A-OK bullying the shit out of you unless you can give it back to them. But I don't know that I would have survived if I was a lone child and had no one to support me. Uh, so maybe that's a good solution. Well, I think kids today almost have the opposite effect, is that there's so much attention on their activities because of social media, mm. right, that it's it's magnified, and then you become in terror and, and in fear, and you can't even, you know, take, you can't even take steps for your own self-preservation, comfort, survival, and thriving. Well, kids need to put the... the uh, the gadgets down and pick up a book. You know, my granddaughter, I mean, listen, my grandchildren love their technology. I like it too. Uh, but my granddaughter will be 29 this year. What did she want over the holidays as a gift? She wanted a book and not just a book. It needed to be hardcover because she wants to save it for her collection. Okay. I don't know how many children are asking their parents for books anymore. Okay, but you need to, as a parent, sit down, read to your children, show them not only the education, but the magical places a book can take them to that their, you know, phone or their iPad's not going to be able to do. Well, I think that's that's partly our responsibility as parents to instill these things, right? Uh-huh. Devices are going to be enforced by their friends. We have to be the ones that bring books. So I just bought my son a book last week uh, that we've been reading at night. And it's the, it's the journal of Jedediah Smith, uh, the first Western man to go to California, right? And so you're reading how they dealt with these various Indians when they'd come across them. 
and it's like, you know, they throw up the high sign, and sometimes they ride away and come back with others, and sometimes they come over and talk, and you just learn, like, he's learning how to talk to anybody by learning how Jedediah Smith communicated, uh, you know, to get through, get passage through there without getting killed. That's right? fa that's fabulous. So he's learning history, and he's learning he's learning a lot more than that. But that's yeah. the other issue, you know, parents have forgotten how to parent. And in these days, you need to parent your children more than ever because everything out there is pollution. Pollution for yeah. their mind, pollution for their body, pollution for their soul. Anyway, Rich, yeah. we're, out of, we're out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Uh, and we ended it on a high note. Okay, <laughs> ended it on a high note. <laughs> I really appreciate it, and I, I've always appreciated you, and I guess we'll be doing this for another 18 years. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and uh, grandtheftworld.com, you can click the banner. I'm doing a, a presentation this weekend on my history blueprint, showing you how to take information and put it into a visual map so you can uh, have better synapse recall, memory of it, and also leverage it in getting things done in the world. Sounds great, Rich. Thanks so much. We'll talk again. Thank you, Maria. Have oh, a wonderful day. You too. Richard Grove, one of a kind. He's a treat, and he's a, he's a precious commodity in this world, that's for sure. So I hope you enjoyed the show. hope you get a chance to check out his work, especially that presentation we talked about. And uh, just, you know, there used to be a song in the 60s was uh, Teach Your Children Well. And there's, uh, that's for sure. And I'm not talking about school teaching. Anyway, thanks again for supporting the show. Turn your friends on to it. Get them to get their brains activated, you know, a couple of times a week with me. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening and supporting The Maria Show. Tell others what you learned today. Knowledge becomes wisdom only when it's shared. Encourage others to subscribe today. www.maria.net Often imitated, never duplicated. A world of information all in one place. www.maria.net Always ahead of the curve. Always on your side. Get active or get radioactive. Subscribe today.